0: Cutting Edge. Welcome back to my second episode of the Cutting Edge podcast. In this episode, I'm gonna be doing my award predictions, my playing series to re- recap, and my reaction to to the to the New York Rangers picking first overall, and all of the other teams picking ninth overall, being Minnesota, tenth overall, Winnipeg Jets, and. So forth. So we're gonna start it off with the awards, and we're gonna start with the Ted Lindsay Award, with the finalists as uh, Leon Drysital, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. Where I ultimately have Leon put winning. He was a powerhouse. He was absolutely incredible for them. And I think and I think he should definitely win hundred ten points in like seventy or seventy one games I believe. McKinnon and Panarin did amazing too, but I gotta give the edge to Dry and my snub for this award would be David Pasternak. Now for the Calder trophy, the, the finalists being Quinn Hughes, Kyle McCarr and Dominic Kubalik. For the entire season it's pretty much only been Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. I think it, it would have been Victor Olafson over Dominic Kubalik if he didn't get injured. So, between Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, I'm more of a Kale McCarr fan. A good old, a good old Albertan boy. So, I'm going, and he, he, they have very similar play. Quinn Hughes may be a tiny bit better, Defensive, but Kale McCarr was better offensive. Ultimately, I'm gonna go with Kale McCarr. Now for and my snub, as I told you, Victor Olufsen for the Calder Memorial Trophy. The oh, whoops, I already did that. Whoops. (laughs) The Jack Adams Award awarded to the best coach. The finalists are Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins, Torts. Otherwise known, his real name is John Tortorella on the Blue Jackets and Alain Vigneault on the Flyers. I have John Tortorella winning with the snubs being Dave Tippett and also Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan is the coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins and Dave Tippett is the coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Next to the Bill Masterton Trophy. With Stephen Johns, Oscar Limblom and Bobby Ryan, I don't think Limblom should win this year. I think he should win next year if he comes back a hundred percent. Stephen Johns, he had like, he had like migraines. I'm pretty sure after an injury or something like that, which it made him like depressed and all and a bunch of stuff, and he came back th- this year. And Bobby Ryan, who suffered from alcoholism and came back in his second game, his first home game, and scored a hat-trick, for which was beautiful, and they chanted his name. My opinion has got to go to Bobby Ryan. Bob, Bob, Bobby Ryan all the way, for, for sure, for me. I don't really have a snub. Maybe Connor McDavid coming back from... A, from almost a career ending injury. So, but I personally think these three players deserved it more, maybe not Oscar Blom only because he he didn't come back to play. Next we got the Lady Bain trophy. Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews and Ryan O'Reilly. Austin Matthews had charges for like show, for like showing his penis in front of somebody and in Arizona he, he he was like drunk at 3 a.m. is what I believe I heard it was something like that. Ryan O'Reilly and Nathan McKinnon. I'm going with Nathan McKinnon. He was he, he was he just seems like the best fit. my second being Ryan O'Reilly, then Austin Matthews and my snub is I don't know. Vesna trophy, Hellebuck, Rask, and Vasilevsky. I don't think Vasilevsky is not. I don't think Vasilevsky is really worthy at all to be a, a Vesna candidate. Rask was good. It's gonna be between Rask and Hellebuck. where I, again saying ultimately, ultimately have Connor Hellebuck. He had like the dude had a 9.22 save percentage. Played like doubled the games as Rask behind a way crappier defense with the with only like with their only well rounded D man being like um Josh Morrissey. Pionk was like terrible defensively. So I'm going with Connor with Connor Hellebuck. Let me just uh the Frank J. Selkie Trophy. Patrice Bergeron, Sean Couturier, and Ryan O'Reilly. I'm a huge fan of Sean Couturier, and I, and he hasn't won, he hasn't won it yet, and I think this year is gonna be is gonna be his year, where he finally wins his first ever Selkie trophy. I don't really know how many points he had. All I know is that he's on, like, a ridiculous contract making, like, four and a half million dollars for the next couple seasons. Next is the James Norris awarded, oh yeah, and my snub on the on the Vesna Trophy has got to be Ben Bishop. And my snub on the Silky Trophy has got to be, not a popular opinion, Anthony Sorelli. Yeah, Anthony Sorelli, he's just a good, well-rounded player. He's my favorite player on Tampa Bay. I'm going to make a series, like I'm going to do in one of my upcoming podcast episodes. I'm going to have to um do my favorite player on every NHL team. Next is the James Norris for the best defenseman, with the finalists being John Carlson, Victor Hedman, and Roman Yosi. I personally think that um, John Carlson was the best offensive, Roman Yosi was the best defensive, and Victor Hedman was was like was like right behind them. I have Roman Yosi. I'm not a John Carlson fan at all, um. So I might be a tiny bit biased, but Yosi was just the better two-way player. Carlson was a better offensive player. Next is the heart. This is the toughest one for me by a mile. Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. (sighs) I, I don't know. If I had to go with one, I'd probably go with Nathan McKinnon. Because technically, um... Nathan McKinnon is the only team that had... Nathan McKinnon missed a ton of games. Well, he didn't miss a ton of games. His two top line mates missed a bunch of games, and he he still did amazing. And McKinnon also also dragged his team the the furthest in the standings, putting them in the playoffs where they'll be facing off against Arizona. In this podcast episode, I'm going to be also giving you my full NHL bracket, my new one. I made one on the NHL app on the NHL website. So I'm gonna share that with you. So I definitely think it's gonna be Nathan McKinnon, but it's very, very, very close. And that's all. So next let's talk about the New York Rangers picking first overall. <sighs> that really upsets me though. They get Capo Caco and Lafreniere. I kind of hope they, they pass up on him, which isn't going to happen. And it'd be funny if they took, like, Jake Sanderson. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, Jake Sanderson. He's better. He's better than. And then a borderline franchise player. Yeah, let's do that. I've seen a couple people like Gravitate, a-, a hockey y- YouTuber. You should go check him out. He had the Red Wings taking Jake Sanderson, which I don't believe at all. But I kind of do because it's it's DVY and anything can happen with DVY like Maurice Sider last year. I think they should take Drysdale. But I really hope Drysdale is available for Ottawa at, at 4. That way they can take like Stutzla or Byfield at 3. And then take Drysdale at 4. That's a very good consolation prize. For, for not getting 1st and 2nd overall. Getting 3rd and 5th. So I'm going to now tell you my full picks of the... NHL. Pl- Actually, no. I was gonna do playing around to recap that. Then I'll tell you. I am utterly shocked of these playoffs. The Jets, joyfully sh- 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 got got injured in the first, in the very first period. Not e- and that was like a big no-no. And then they're like, boom, and and the Jet. And the jet crash landed, and chaos. Where the flame just killed them. In my opinion, the Kachuk hit. It was a total accident, and he's gonna be ashamed for anything. I know Oilers and Jets fans are like, "That that was on purpose. That was on purpose." But I'm an I'm an Oilers and Jets fan, and I'm like, it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. And my cousin agree with me. The Montreal Pittsburgh series, another series I predicted wrong. <sighs> How does Montreal beat Pittsburgh? That's embarrassing. Like it's good for Montreal, very good for Montreal. But now they're facing off against the Philadelphia Flyers. They they'll probably win a couple games, but I don't but I don't really see them winning. So I don't know. I don't know how they how they lost that. I've heard the Penguins GM is saying changes are coming, and they're probably they're probably going to be going in Chicago Blackhawks mode. Speaking of the Chicago Blackhawks, the same thing. Like oh my God, how do, how does Edmonton lose to the twenty third seed? Oh, I'll tell you why. It's the Edmonton Oilers. There's no other explanation. It's just the Edmonton Oilers. Classic chokers. Well, actually, it wasn't. What's better, underachieving or choking? Probably, probably underachieving because it's gonna make you do better next year. So, But they always underachieve, always, so I'm getting pissed off about it, actually. The Islanders-Panthers series I got right. The Arizona-National series I got wrong. I thought it was going to be Arizona to win, except I just picked Nashville for mean purposes because I thought it was going to be Arizona picking first overall since they had Taylor Hall. Otherwise, I would have taken Arizona. I don't care too much about about the other series, to be honest. The like, the the Canes swept the Rangers, giving giving the giving the Rangers the first overall pick. I would have been way happier if the Hurricanes got the got the first overall pick. Alexey the the Fragniere, Fechnikov and Aho that'd be incredible. But no, we have to have something arguably even more incredible, with Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, uh, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zabinejad, Adam Fox, Tony D'Angelo, Igor Shirkin, So, I'm not excited. Now, I'll tell you my bracket picks. I started an account where you can, like, DM me. It's called Josh Mimacy. It's mo. It's mostly a hockey meme account. I was- I posted my predictions on there. If you wanna, if you want to review it, I got the Vegas Golden Knights beating the Chicago Blackhawks in five games, just simply because it's Vegas, and Vegas is a great team, and sh- Chicago isn't isn't as isn't as great. Then you got the Avs against the Coyotes, which I have the Avs prevailing And not the easiest series, 6 games. A lot of people aren't even giving them a chance, but they should. The the Coyotes are a pretty good team, but they aren't near the Avs. Stars and Calgary, I got The Flames went with winning seven games. And for a change, I'm cheering for them. I'm just not liking Dallas anymore. And I don't hate the Flames as much. Actually, I kind of do. I hate them when they play against Edmonton. But against Winnipeg. But against any any other team, it's like... Especially Dallas. I don't really want Dallas to win. But I kind of do as well. So I don't know. I don't really know who I'm cheering for in that series. Next. The St. Louis Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. Um, St. Louis is the ultimately superior team. So I got the St. Louis Blues being the Vancouver Canucks. So that would be not surprising at all. S- So, next, we're going, let's just go straight into the second round. Where I got the Vegas Golden Knights against the Calgary Flames. You didn't have to pick any rounds for them. But I still think it's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights in six games. They're going to be facing off against either Colorado or the St. Louis Blues. The hardest series for me, which I ultimately have St. Louis prevailing in seven games. Then playing against the Vegas Golden Knights, where I this is the this is the second closest series for me, which I have them again prevailing in seven games. So so far we got St. Louis in the finals, but you don't know about any of my other picks, which I'm about to tell you. Right now, we got the Philadelphia Flyers against the Montreal Canadiens. Where I have the Flyers winning in six games. Tampa Bay and Columbus. I've seen m- most people pick Columbus, but I think finally Tampa in seven. I think they're gonna come for 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 some really good redemption, and I don't really see them. Losing again at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Seven games. Then I got the Islanders and the Capitals. Sorry if you can hear any sounds. It's so... This is going to be another close one. I got idol, I. got idols in seven. Next, Boston Bruins against the Carolina Hurricanes. Where I have the Carolina Hurricanes winning in six games. If you're wondering who I'm cheering for in these playoffs now, I'm cheering for the Carolina Hurricanes and the Philadelphia Flyers. In the next series, it's the Hurricanes and the Lightning. Two things that go together pretty well, to be honest. Like the storm-related. Hurricane, lightning, storm surge—it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. I got Tampa prevailing in seven games again. I got a lot of seven-game series. I don't have any sweeps, meaning my brackets got to be wrong. But actually, for Philly and New York, I have Philly winning in five games. So yeah, it it, it isn't a sweep actually next the flyers versus the lightning i have the philadelphia flyers losing (laughs) haha i'm just kidding i have the philadelphia flyers winning in six or seven games i don't want to pick seven again but i will i'm going seven games then we got the st louis blues and the philadelphia flyers in the stanley cup final which I had the Philadelphia Flyers winning six games, winning their first Stanley Cup since 1975. Woo! Flyers, yeah! You won a cup! And I have 32 goals scored in that series. That was like a tiebreaker question. So now i got all my picks done. We're 20 minutes in. So now let's just review the draft lottery. Like a full review. I'm just going to search up the NHL 2020 draft lottery. Because I don't remember a lot of them. I remember a couple. Oops, I searched a bracket challenge. 2020 draft order. I'm still upset of the the rangers getting the first overall pick. Where is it? Damn, I'm just finding all the ones before. Here we go. I found an article which we can check out. Just give me a minute. Okay, rangers jump to the top, obviously. Okay, okay. First, overall, this is the New York Rangers. So I'm upset that it was one of the worst outcomes for me. But and also the of, of the the can't wear can't wear number eleven. How bad is that? He looks so good, number eleven. Now he's gonna be like twenty-two or a hundred eleven or number one. Which, I know he can be number 111. Then, the Los Angeles Kings. That's a reasonable good job, LA. Ottawa Senators via San Jose. They stayed put, I'm pretty sure. That's pretty good for, for them. Good job, Ottawa. And screw you, San Jose. Four is the Red Wings. I feel bad for them. Ottawa Senators with 5th, dropping down 3 spots. I feel sad. Anaheim Ducks, New Jersey Devils, Buffalo Sabres, the Minnesota Wild, the Winnipeg Jets, the Nashville Predators, the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes via Toronto, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Minnesota Wild, which which more likely I have it being the Pittsburgh pick. How would I do a quick mock draft? Rangers, (coughs) (coughs) they're going to be taking Lafreniere every day of the week. Every single day of the week. There's not a chance they're passing up on Lafreniere, even though I really hope they do. The Los Angeles Kings. I have them taking Tim Stutzla, a good German center. Then I got Ottawa taking Quinton Byfield. That'd be a beautiful pick for them. Quinton Byfield on the Sens. I personally think he's. I think he he is he is overrated. As I told you in the first episode. Next is. The Red Wings, which is tough. But I have them going for Marco Rossi, the speedy Austrian. About nine, Had like 117 points, I believe. A playmaking machine. He could play on the penalty kill. So I got the Red Wings taking him. Number five, the Sens took a forward. Now they're going to take a defense. Oh, this is Jamie Drysdale. Joy's deal is going to be a perfect fit on the Sens. They'll have a beautiful defense. Next is the Anaheim Ducks, which their good fit is probably going to be between Lucas Raymond, Alexander Holtz, and Cole Perfetti, which I have them taking. Lucas Raymond, another really good Swedish player, who, again, is... Kind of overrated, but he's still incredible, and I think he's going to go to the to the Anaheim Ducks. With the New Jersey Devils, I have them selecting Alexander Holtz, arguably the best goal scorer out of the entire draft. He'd be a great fit on 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 the Devils, who 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 lack in in, in the goal scoring department. Next. The Buffalo Sabres, where I had the Buffalo Sabres taking Cole Perfetti, a really good, smart hockey player who can play anywhere, similar to Marco Rossi. Next is the Minnesota Wild. They can go with many different options here, but I think they're going to go goal scoring, and they're going to take jack quinn because minnesota has always lacked in goal scoring they could take Askarov, or or fundale, but i have them taking jack quinn number 10 to the winnipeg jets i have them still affecting anton F- F- fundale he would be the ultimately superior second line center in the nhl which is what what they need. But actually, I'm not sure if they take Sanderson or Lundell. I'll just go with Lundell, and and I'll probably sign a defenseman in the offseason. And I'll probably also sign a second-line centerman. And the next one, I got... The Nashville Predators so- selecting Yoroslav Askarov. Yeah, they're gone b- b- with R b- b- retiring p- pretty soon. I'm I'm pretty sure. I think he would be a a great fit on that team. So I have them taking him. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if there's more prospects I can look at. Because I'm pretty sure I forgot a couple. A couple really good ones. So... Oh, sorry. I'm just waiting. Just give me a minute, give me a minute. There we go. Okay, I don't think I really missed anybody. That's always good to know. Just North American? Yep, it is. Okay. So there's a lot of good picks here for number 12, which 12 is the Florida Panthers. In my opinion, they're gonna go, just give me a minute, so I'm just looking at the other side. Yeah, they're gonna go with Noelle Gundler, an underrated player, Six foot two, one hundred seventy six pounds, right wing out of the SHL. Dude, pretty good. And I think he'd be a great fit on Florida. Even though you'll probably never hear of him because he'll be playing on Florida. You don't hear people when they you don't hear people when they play on Florida, do Yeah. Actually, wait. I have the Florida Panthers actually taking. Jake Sanderson. I am not very high on him like some other people are. But the, the Panthers defense is pretty bad, so I have them taking Jake Sanderson. And the Florida Pan No, yeah. And the Carolina Hurricanes are going to take Noel Gundler, a speedy little guy. The Edmonton Oilers they could go many different ways. I hope and think they'll go with Dylan Holloway, a p- pretty good player out of out of Wisconsin, a Canadian, I believe, playing in the NCAA. No, in the USNDP, I'm pretty sure. He had a pretty good season, and I think he would be a wonderful fit if developed correctly. Next up is and last but not least is the is the probable Pittsburgh Penguins. Who do I have them taking? Who knows? I don't know actually. I have no idea. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, they could go many ways. They could go with Seth Jarvis. Or like Justin Barron. But I had them going with the defenseman. Jeremy Poirier. Because they need defense bad. And they're probably heading into Chicago Blackhawks mode. So they're definitely going to need defense. And that's my entire top 15 rankings. Now... I shall tell you some fun facts. Before we get into some facts, I just want to talk about the game last night. Columbus versus Tampa. I did the first half an hour of my podcast yesterday, so I'm going to finish it up today. Quintiple overtime. Five overtimes. And finally, with nine and a half minutes left, Brandon Point scores... To win the game, that was just insane. I'm like, when's the last time a game's gone into quintuple overtime? The fourth longest game in NHL history. Um, Jonas Corposolo had the most saves ever in a playoff game with 85. Tampa Bay had 88 shots. Columbus had... 68, Death Jones had like 65 minutes of ice time. And it, was t- and it was pretty much two and a half games in one night. Almost seven hours long. Like, that was absolutely insane. Without further ado, let's get into some facts. Actually, wait, no. Let's talk about the Dallas and Calgary game. My prediction for that is going to be well. A very close series with Calgary opening. Vegas and Chicago. Vegas absolutely dominated. I'm currently recording. Oh, and the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter was amazing last night. Oh, and the Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes game is going into overtime. 3-3. I checked at the end of the second. Boston was out shooting them twenty-one to nine, but now the shots are twenty-one to eight. So they've been re- they've been really picking it up here, and that's really good for for them if they want to have any hopes in these playoffs at all. Which I personally think they're they are gonna get knocked out by Tampa in the second round. If, you, as I already said in my podcast. So let's start with the with the first fact. I'll tell like five or seven. Chris Chelios is the oldest player ever to win the Stanley Cup, which he won it at the age of forty six in two thousand eight with the Detroit Red Wings. That's incredible. It's incredible how he even played in the NHL. And the oldest player to ever play in the NHL is Gordy Howe. And he played in the All Star Game when he was fifty one years old. The most Stanley Cup wins, as a lot of people know, is Montreal. Except, there shouldn't they shouldn't really have twenty four cups. Montreal won a cup in nineteen sixteen before the NHL was formed, but people still count that. The Detroit Veterans are are probably the second because the Maple Leafs won a cup with the arenas and the same pats. So, I would, well, you can count however you do want. Teams that have won a cup include, I can name all of them off of memory, the Winnipeg Jets, the Buffalo Sabres, the Vancouver Canucks, the modern-day Ottawa Senators, the Nashville Predators, the Minnesota Wild, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and there's probably a couple more I'm missing. So, next fact. Let me just think. Speaking of long games, the longest game ever was played in 1936 between the Red Wings and the Montreal Maroons. They played for they play um, sixth hoople overtime. That was the sixth overtime where after 116 minutes of extra play, um, a dude named Mud Brun, Brun, Brunetto gave Detroit a one nothing victory. The most the player to win the Norse Trophy the most was Bobby Orr with 8. And the closest other players I've been was Doug Harvey with 7. Who well, I've never even heard of. So, he must be an older player. And Nicholas he won. I heard he won almost all of his Norse's in his 30s. That's just amazing for a feat. But the longest winning streak and losing streak in NHL history was each actually 17 games. The the Pittsburgh Penguins won 17 games in a row from March 9th to April to April 10th in 1993, where the San Jose Sharks lost 7 in a row in 1990, 17 in a row in 1993 from January 4th to February 12th, and the Washington Capitals lost 17 straight from February 18th to March 26th, 1985. The closest but in streak since was a couple years ago, where the Columbus Blue Jackets went on a 16-game tear, finally being stopped against The Washington Capitals, I believe. Goretzky played in 49 different arenas and he had at least one point in 48 of them. The arena Goretzky didn't have any points was called the Springfield Civic Center. The Civic Center in Springfield, Massachusetts, was the home of the Hartford Whalers. In the first four months of that, of the 1980 season, after the Whalers moved back to the Civic Center in Hartford, in Hartford, Connecticut. One more fact. Um, How about Sidney Cosby wears number 87 because of his birthday, which is August 7th. That's the 8th month and the 7th day of the year and he was born in 1987 and is and his number in hockey is 87 of course and he's making and he signed an 8.7 million dollar contract for 7 years i believe a very team friendly deal to wrap up the podcast i want to talk about the team i'm going to be cheering for in the Bluffs now the carolina hurricanes who were getting smoked earlier today, but now are playing equal equal with Boston, as the overtime is just starting. So, in that in the first game so far, Joel Edmondson Joel Edmundson scored a, a nice slap shot goal assisted by Tiho Ter Teravainen and Sebastian Aho. David Pasternak scored a snapshot to tie a 1-1 with 17.45 left in the first. I mean, no, it was like 3 minutes and 15 seconds left in the first. It's just by Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Then, Charlie Coyle scored with about 16 minutes left in the period. And that was an, unass- an unassisted wrist shot. Then it was Brock McGinn who scored an unassisted backhand shorthanded goal to tie a 2-2 with with about 15 minutes left in the second. Then David Kreitge scored early into the third period, making a 3-2 Boston for a nice wrist shot. And Hayden Fleury scored about halfway into the third period on a nice wristy twisty making it a 3-3 game and the shots for every period let's check that out so wait let's check out the other sets first neither team has had a power play but but there's eight penalty minutes actually no each team has had a power play each team is o-four-three 4 3 on the power play Eight penalty minutes each. Carolina has the edge and hits thirty-nine to twenty to twenty-four. The the blocks the edge goes to to Boston with twenty-three, where whereas Carolina has twenty for giveaways. Boston has twenty-three. I mean seventeen, and Carolina has nine. And for takeaways, Carolina has eight, and Boston has four. Shots on goal per period. In the first period, um, Boston outshot Carolina nine to five, I mean nine to four, then 12 to five, and then Carolina came back and outshot them 12 to seven. The penalties were needle knee Rider, elbowing Tory Tory Krug, Charlie McAvoy tripping against Morgan Geeky. Andre Kasha holding against Dougie Hamilton. Delay of game served by Ryan Dzingle. Andre Svechnikov slashing against David Pasternak. Jordan Stahl high stick against Charlie Coyle. And Charlie Coyle high stick against Jordan Stahl at the same time. And in the third period, Jeremy, Jeremy Lawson holding against Needle Needle and I so so for nothing happening in overtime except for two shots for Boston about three minutes in. Well, I'm gonna finish I'm gonna finish the podcast entirely as soon as the game is done for for the for the comp for the complete stats. So I'll see you guys when that happens. So a couple hours later and the game is finished. I thought of a new series idea. Um, at the end, in the morning, after every after every night of hockey, I'm gonna be doing a recap, where like I go through all the stats, like exactly what I've been doing with this Carolina Hurricanes game. So the Boston Bruins beat the Carolina Hurricanes four three in double overtime, with a total of forty shots where Carolina had 28. You all already know all the types of goals. But the final one was a beautiful passing play Um, the big three. Patrice Bergeron scored a snapshot with like a minute, well, like I don't know how much time left in overtime, Um, assisted by David Pasternak and Brad Marchand. I think it's, yeah, it was 19 minutes left in overtime. So, for the full stats, um, I, I won't go too in-depth in as much as I did last time. So, th- let's see. The scoring summary, we already know that. The th- the three stars were Patrice Bergeron, number one, Joel Edmondson, number two, and David Pashnak, three. The face off percentage was forty four point two on Carolina and fifty-five point eight for Boston. Carolina took one extra penalty with they have ten penalty minutes in total. Carolina outhit them fifty-one to and to thirty-two. Boston outblocked them thirty to twenty-eight. Carolina had had less giveaways with fourteen or Boston at twenty-two. And Carolina had nine takeaways, and Boston had eight. And in overtime, in the first overtime, um, Boston had outshot the Hurricanes eleven to six. And then it was one one in the double overtime. The final penalty was Brady Shea halting against Charlie, against Charlie Coyle. Tomorrow's game is at six p.m. Mountain Time. Carolina Hurricanes versus Boston Bruins on Sportsnet, CBC, and TVAS. So now I'm gonna end the, the podcast here. Um, you can send in voice messages on the Anchor app. So please do so, and you can get featured in, in the podcast. Share this, share this to other people, and have a great freaking day. So, a couple hours later, and the game is finished, I thought of a new series idea. Um, at the end, in the morning, after every after every night of hockey, I'm going to be doing a recap where like I go through all the stats. Like, exactly what I've been doing with this Carolina Hurricanes game. So, the Boston Bruins beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-3 in double overtime. With a total of 40 shots. Where Carolina had 28. You already know all the types of goals. But the final one was a beautiful passing play. On the big three. Patrice Bergeron scored a snapshot. With like a minute. well, Like I don't know how much time left. In overtime. Um, Assisted by David Pasternak and Brad Marchand. I think it's, yeah, it was 19 minutes left in overtime. So, for the full stats, um, I, I won't go too in-depth in as much as I did last time. So, th- let's see. The scoring summary, we already know that. The th- the three stars were Patrice Bergeron, number one, Joel Edmondson, number two, and David Pashnak, three. The face off percentage was forty four point two on Carolina and fifty five point eight for Boston. Carolina took one extra penalty with they have ten penalty minutes in total. Carolina outhit them fifty one to and to thirty two. Boston outblocked them thirty to twenty-eight. Carolina had had less giveaways with fourteen or Boston had twenty two. Carolina had nine takeaways and Boston had eight. And in overtime, in the first overtime, um, Boston had outshot the Hurricanes eleven to six. And then it was one one in the double overtime. The final penalty was Brady Shea halting against Charlie against Charlie Coyle. Tomorrow's game is at six p.m. Mountain Time. Carolina Hurricanes versus Boston Bruins on Sportsnet, CBC, and TVAS. So now I'm gonna end the, the podcast here. Um, you can send in voice messages on the Anchor app. So please do so, and you can get featured in, in the podcast. Share this. Share this to other people, and have a great freaking day.